Shits and Giggles, coming-of-age experiences, stories, and learnings to help you navigate life in your 20s. Hi, I'm Sasha. And I'm Lena. We're two friends who connected over our love of desserts and heart-to-heart conversations about what it means to live fully. We believe knowledge sharing is important in helping to expand our views of the world, and we wanted to create a space where others can join us in our journey to become the best versions of ourselves. So today's podcast is about managing conflicts at the workplace, and I believe that you can use all of these tactics that we will be discussing today um, in your life outside of the workplace as well. The reason I wanted to emphasize workplace conflicts and being able to effectively manage that is that... At the workplace, you have to see your coworkers every single day, whether or not um, you guys feel like it. It's not um, an option to, for instance, not speak to your teammates for a whole week because you need to be able to communicate with them to get your job done. Collaboration is uh, usually very important in a team environment and uh, being able to work as a team, having one purpose, one goal, um, usually leads to great results. Yeah. Wow, Sasha, I think you're actually ahead of the game. You used a really good keyword, which is collaborating. (laughs) And I'll um, talk more about that later. All right. So I recently read this study by Judith A. Cook and Carol A. Peterson. They both are professors at the University of Illinois at Chicago. And they actually received some funding to study um, managing conflicts in depth. And I think they came up with a really interesting pyramid structure that I wanted to discuss and also um, get your insights on, Sasha, to see if you've used any of these um, tactics in your own uh, work life. Hmm, Interesting. It will be interesting to hear about it. So, okay, the base of the pyramid starts with understanding ourselves. So when you're approaching a conflict, understand Understanding your feelings is really crucial to understanding the conflict itself. Um, So the base of the pyramid starts with understanding ourselves and what's your current personal style in approaching a conflict. Um, One of the things Sasha mentioned earlier was collaboration, which is actually a very ideal uh, method of approaching conflict resolution. There are four other... um, Methods that are commonly used, one of them is confronting, another is avoiding, um, the third is accommodating, and the fourth is compromising. I'm really surprised that you mentioned collaborating first, Sasha, because (laughs) growing up, um, whenever I thought of conflict, I would always think of the word compromise. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember my mom or my teacher telling me to compromise with either my Um, schoolmate or sister on an issue like for instance my sister gets to wear um, this new shirt on Monday and I'll get to wear it the following Monday (laughs) because we're um, about the same size and growing up in in a frugal Asian household we shared a lot of our clothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In my experience compromising has been a lot of really has been the one uh, resolution um, strategy that we use because everyone seemed to be having different goals, you know, the objectives are usually 
intertwined and uh, um, there could be some areas where um, it's, it could be zero-summed where one party gains while the other party loses. So really getting together, I think um, conversation, having a conversation about it, being honest and authentic of mm-hmm. what you want and um, you would end up reaching a goal that's potentially... Um, not too bad for either party and uh, you know being understanding of what the other party's goal is and mm-hmm. yeah I think like compromising is this idea of there's a pie and you're trying to split the pie so everyone gets a slice right um, and then I think collaborating uses some uh, similar uh skills from compromising in terms of understanding what each person wants and what's more important to them. But I think collaborating um, takes it a step further to discuss how can we actually make the pie bigger. So maybe Mm -hmm. instead of you getting half the pie and I'm getting half the pie, we both are getting... um, Work together to make the pie a bigger pie. Yeah, so instead of getting 50% of a smaller pie, you could get... 50% 50% of a bigger pie, which might actually be even more than your original small pie yeah. as a whole, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, I think in some way, it's like really the um, core of uh, the one thing that's really important with teamwork is just growing that pie. Like if a good teamwork would be a very efficiently growing the pie um, mm-hmm. so that every every team member would benefit, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I want to pause for a second. I definitely want to continue discussing how we can better interact with people to grow this pie. But I also wanted to discuss the other um, conflict resolution styles as well. So confronting is using, like, aggression, um, being passive-aggressive, or even resorting to violence sometimes. Whereas avoiding, you're withdrawing yourself or you're giving into the situation. And accommodating, which I actually think I do quite a bit, is trying to smooth um, the conflict by allowing the other person to have their way or trying to um, change your own goals in order to basically, yeah, accommodate for the greater goal, which is not always a bad thing. But at the same time, I think there needs to be a line between being too accommodating and being able to create a solution that works for both parties Mm -hmm. um in some way i think accommodating is pretty similar to compromising here Mm -hmm. what what is the difference here i guess um compromising each of you are getting a slice of the pie right versus accommodating you could be willing to give the whole pie to someone else yeah so i think um in my opinion i think avoiding and confronting I think confronting it needs it it could be aggressive conf- confronting which is less beneficial um less efficient um but I think avoiding obviously is not the best strategy um and I would avoid the avoid strategy <laughs> um <laughs> confronting I think um it it really depends on how you confront I actually at, at my company we have this culture of um, being able to voice difficult, having a hard conversation, having crucial conversations. And um, every week we're encouraged to have 
hard conversations. So um, I think that ties in a little bit into confronting a little bit where you should be able to have enough courage to come up to the person that you're having a conflict with and tell them where you're coming from. Um, sometimes it could be useful to express your emotion because they can't argue your emotion. And that's how you feel. Um, and just tell them, you know, this is how I'm feeling. They can't say, no, this is not how you, you're feeling. Um, you, you can approach approach it that way, um, you know, having the courage to walk up to that person and tell them what you're dealing with and have them be understanding of your situation. And I think that's really the, the conversation, the understanding is the most crucial part in, in uh, confronting rather than re- resolving to resulting to something more violent. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's being like, um, I think like healthy confrontation is being more assertive versus mm-hmm. being aggressive. Mm-hmm. So I really, I'm totally on board with what you were saying earlier in terms of starting with how you're feeling. I feel this way versus um, projecting or versus trying to uh, place a point of blame on someone. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you should ever start the dialogue with, um, you did this, so that's why I feel this way. You should start it, like, I feel this way because you did this, you know? Mm-hmm. You mentioned a very good point of being difference between being assertive and being aggressive. So there's definitely a really fine line there. I mean, sometimes I feel as a female working in the tech field, I think it's very easy for other people to uh, view me as aggressive where I'm really being assertive. So um, I don't really have much advice on that point. It's just walking a really thin line. So um, in terms, like talking about aggression, I feel like during conflicting situations, like there are really high tensions and it is easy to feel like really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So I want to discuss the idea of hot buttons as well. Um, Sasha, is there, I mean, do you have any hot buttons? And when I say hot button, um, I mean, are there any particular types of activities that provoke a um, angry or defensive emotion in you? Now be honest with yourself. Yeah, um, I definitely have those moments where I think the idea of another team being really selfish on their goal um, really turns me off and makes me angry. Um, And I say that I don't usually get angry often, but it's one of the signs of not being a team player. I feel like the notion of... um another team having selfish goals, I think that's very broad. Are there certain, like, phrases or actions that, like, trigger you? I think it's... I don't really have any phrases that trigger me, but more of about the attitude that triggers me. So what kind of attitude? Is it, like, a very condescending tone? Is it, like, an eye roll? Like, what physical oh, or, like, vocal behaviors um, make yeah, you feel... Um, definitely eye rolls are... Attention? Eye rolls are very, like, a no-no in a workplace. Like, don't ever do that to anyone. It's not just, like, not in, appropriate in a workplace. I feel like even with your friends, it's, like, really mean. Would you in, say, an is an eye roll a hot button for you, though? Like, is it something when someone does it, you, you, def, you feel yourself tensing up a lot more? Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say it's a conflict at that point. I would say it would just make me really sad. 
And but that, that's conf- I would still um, argue that as a <laughs> um, form of conflict because if you're feeling bad and someone's making you feel bad at the workplace, you know, that's something that should be addressed. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I would immediately feel really bad if there was an eye roll. But it's, I think the eye roll really, it signals something deeper, right? It's the attitude. It's how they're, how they're respecting you. They're not showing too much respect there. Okay, see, so like, like being dismissive. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, I feel like a hot bun for me is when someone uses the word always. Hmm. So like, you always do this. Oh, this uh, always seems to happen because I feel like I feel like a lot of times if I make a mistake, it's really unintentional, and I I definitely want to fix it. I think of myself as a person with really high integrity. Mm-hmm. So when someone uses the word "always," it really gets to me because it makes me feel like um, they're placing this error that I made as a character flaw versus mm-hmm. a situational mistake. And I, I do feel myself tensing up more when that word is being used. And at that point, I realized that, like, yeah, um, this area of sensitivity is being, like, triggered in me and I need to, like, take a step away from the situation and just hit pause for myself. So um, it's not clear to me. Could you give me, give me an example? Because there are a lot of uses of always that's not conflict generating. I think for me, it's like when you're in a situation and something may happen once or twice and the other person, they use their face always to denote that this is something that seems to be tied to your routine behavior even though it may not be the case. So, for instance, if you went out to lunch for um, a period of time and you came back to the office and you you went probably, um, let's see, I'm having a hard time thinking of a very specific example in relation to the workplace, to be honest, but... For me, this has been a personal hot button in terms of um, family arguments that I've gotten to. So, mm-hmm. for instance, if I wa- wanted to go to grad school far away from home, then I feel like my mother um, would maybe upset and say, oh, um, you always prioritize your um, career growth over being closer to family. And for me, that's a trigger because it feels like um, I made this or I would be making this decision off a variety of factors, like um, whether or not the school had a program that would allow me to um, further my career goals? Did the school give me a lot of financial aid? And just uh, things that um, have nothing to do with um, not wanting to be close with my family. Mm-hmm. It's more just um, situational. But hearing those words like, oh, you always prioritize your career goals before um, 
being close to family. And I know she may just say it in the moment because she's upset, but hearing that just, it's, it hurts because um, that was not my intention. And having her um, just relate this decision to a character flaw relating to not prioritizing family values, that's, mm -hmm. I think, um, just a, um, to me something that like causes a lot of um, tension. I think it, it wouldn't be the case for me if my mom says that mm -hmm. because I think I understand where she is coming from. Mm -hmm. I would try to position myself into her shoe. And what she can see is not your thought process, but where your actions are. So if she's coming up with the phrase, you're always prioritizing your career growth over family, then it could be a legitimate, legitimate thing that she thinks out of observing your actions. Mm -hmm. So just kind of be more understanding about that would, yeah. would help. Yeah, definitely. I think like that's why they're called like our hot buttons because uh, we may not be in the most rational state of mind mm -hmm. when these emotions get triggered in us. But it's it's important to recognize like um, that you are being triggered and that you might not be as clear headed at this point, right? Oh yeah. So um, yeah, I think just being aware of that and being able to take a pause, really reflect on why you're upset and. Being able to discuss that with the other person yeah. is really key. In your case, uh, then I would say talk with your mom, sit down, have a conversation, and tell her where your thought process is. So um, in this specific um, going to school really specific situation of going to school really far, tell her, be transparent of your decision-making process and say, hey, this is actually not the case. You know, be um, calm about the trigger of your hot button make it not mm. as hot make it cold <laughs> button <laughs> all right cool down the, <clears throat> cool the down hots. button <laughs> yeah that's um after listening to my example can you think of any other uh hot buttons you may have Sasha? i think it's more attitude that i am disapprove of nothing really more like in terms of verbal phrases um, okay so just more like like the stance, like we talked about earlier, like the eye roll, the way they're looking at you, yeah, like cold shoulder, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, those things bother me as well. <laughs> <laughs> so um, next is um, after understanding yourself, it's really important to understand the situation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, identify the issue, what impact it has on you, and then your feelings about it. So kind of like how I was discussing um, – um, the <clears throat> conflict with my mother in terms of her feeling like I prioritize career goals um, over being close to family, which I, I mean, right now, like, or discussing the situation, I know both of us know that that's not true, but I think in certain moments where she feels stressed about me being even further away, um, I can see how she may react that way. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's important in, when approaching conflict to understand whether the problem is a concrete problem or a 
relationship problem. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll give another example. Um, in the workplace, you may have uh, different team members, and uh, in many situations, some team members will be closer to each other than they are to you. I've worked on a team where I had two teammates who were closer to each other than they were to me. Um, And Mm -hmm. I often felt left out. But the thing is, they both treated me really well when Mm -hmm. they were talking to me. The only problem was that they were closer to each other and that made me feel left out. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I would say it's a relationship problem and not really a concrete issue because it's more about how I feel my own feelings of jealousy that's making me feel bad in this situation. Mm -hmm. They're not treating me poorly in a manner that's inconducive to my work. So they're not saying mean things to me that makes it hard for me to focus on my work or they're not avoiding questions that I'm asking when I need help, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's just my own jealousy that's um, making it so that I... To me, that there feels like there's an issue, but um, I feel like the problem itself is more internal. Yeah. And so in that situation, I think I, once again, took some time to reflect and talk to my friends. And I, I did come to that conclusion where, or I was able to get to a point where I was more accepting of the situation. I told myself, as long as they both treat me well, um, mm-hmm. as a co-worker that should be sufficient and um, their relationship together and being closer that's shouldn't um, have a negative effect on me because there will be other people that I feel closer to and yeah. that shouldn't have a negative effect on them you know exactly um, so, yeah so choose your battles wisely um, in this case this was not a situation that I wanted to confront or um, spend too much energy to, mm-hmm. I guess, um, really solve for. I decided to just take some time to discuss amongst myself and my other friends, and I came to an accepting state of mind rather than trying to fight it. Mm-hmm. So it's I... in this case, it's more mental um, getting, being okay with, kind of like thinking, thinking about it, uh, thinking through a. a with it because um there will be it's really dependent on like personality right like some people will be closer to you than them um and the fact that they you know hang out they're much closer together as opposed to with you um which just just means that it's just a a fact that they they like each other's personality more and um just being okay with that and not letting that interfere with your work and make sure that the entire team is still operating at maximum speed, pressing mm-hmm. the gas pedal. And uh, for things like that, as long as it doesn't interfere with your work productivity, I think um, it's it's really fine. So for in terms of concrete problems, it seems like the, the way that we would deal with relationship problems is just thinking through it on your own, um, just making peace with the fact that that's happening. And it, it, it's, I know it sounds easy to do, but in reality, it's actually would actually involve more of your emotion. How do you separate your emotion at work so that you can ensure 
um, you know, compartmentalize your emotion so that you can ensure the maximum productivity. Yeah. So I will say that I think that people have different perceptions of like the same issue. Mm-hmm. So in my case, I, um, I saw the situation as more of an internal issue. Um, and I decided that it's not something that I wanted to confront them about. But maybe there's someone else out there who, um, who feels differently. For instance, if you have two coworkers on the team who are always hanging out and going to do things on their own without you, like maybe that does severely affect you because they're being very transparent about leaving you out at the workplace. Mm-hmm. It might be worthwhile to have a conversation so that they are more inclusive of you. So when they go to have lunch, they invite you along with them. When they have conversations, they open up the conversation for you to join them. Um, and if that helps you feel better at the workplace, then maybe it is a concrete issue that you want to have the conversation about. I think it's more tricky because when it comes to relationship problems, it's usually very awkward to just walk up to them and say, hey, I'm, I know I'm not one of your group, but I want to be one of your group. You know, it's kind of like a counter, counterproductive actually to bring the problem explicitly um, it's usually better if you could in, in, implicitly, you know, when they're about to go off to lunch, for example, just say, hey, could I join you guys? Um, and then work your way through their inner group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, you have to gauge the situation and understand the people to see what's the best way to approach them. Like, if you can be implicit about it and have that work in your favor, that's great. But sometimes... Um, it's harder for some people to pick up on the hint. So it might be, um, in that case, more worthwhile just to open the conversation and saying like, hey, like, I feel left out when you two are always, um, like, having a conversation without me, even though I'm sitting right by you. Mm -hmm. So I think just allowing them to understand how you feel and if it's having a, a significant impact on you your work I think it's it might be worth bringing up yeah I mean it it sounded like um if you're implicit working around um the relationship doesn't work then um, a more explicit approach would be better yeah so you can um maybe try out a more subtle approach and then have a more open discussion if that doesn't work out yeah yeah and then I guess um examples of more concrete issues are okay here I feel like I um I just thought of an example where it's both a concrete and a relationship issue so for instance if your manager needs a report from you by end of day and puts pressure on you to finish that report and by end of day you don't have the report ready that's a concrete issue the report is not ready right mm-hmm um, but it also ties to a relationship issue. It's because um, you and your you manager, feel like your manager is overly demanding. Oh, sorry, yes. I cut you off. What did you say? Oh, I was saying that you and your manager aren't clear about the uh, expectations of what you can accomplish. Yes, that as well. Um, I feel like that itself could be arguably a concrete issue as well, and the relationship aspect should be uh, could be. Um, 
the employee feels self-conscious and isn't comfortable enough with the manager to mm-hmm. to let his manager know that maybe the deadlines or the pressure is unreasonable. Yeah, that's a good point. I would say most concrete problems are actually somewhat would include a relationship problem inherently, but some relationship problem could exist on their own, like what you were talking about with your coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, so relationship problem really is at the core of it, of every problem. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, so once you have an understanding of how you feel going into a situation and um, of the situation itself and the different dynamics that feed into the conflict, then being able to effectively interact with the other party is really key in having um, or being able to reach a resolution. Mm-hmm. So I think like having an environment where the other person feels respected and feels at ease to discuss the situation mm-hmm. um, is really crucial. So for instance, um, having a private space to talk rather than having this discussion in public where the person feels even more Mm self-conscious would be really helpful. Mm -hmm. And then um, show that you're actively listening, communicating by paraphrasing. Like, for instance, throughout this discussion, Sasha, you've been listening to what I have to say. And then to confirm that you're understanding me correctly, you've been paraphrasing a lot of what I've been saying as well. Mm -hmm. And that's helpful for me as well because – when I feel like you do get it right, I'm like, yes, she's understanding what I'm saying. And when maybe um, what you're saying isn't exactly what I meant to communicate, then I can correct you so we can come to a better understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is this reminds me of an interesting parenting parenting uh, strategy where um, the kids will say, the kid would uh, demand something and the parent would repeat what the kid demanded in a, a paraphrase. Per- paraphrase what the kid demanded and then making sure that there's no miscommunication there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I'm just thinking about the conversation in my head and it's pretty funny. It's like, I want candy. You want candy? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like that. You have to paraphrase. It's like, I want candy. And then you, so you want Sour Patch Kids? Like what kind of candy do you want? So like be more specific kind of narrowing down what the kid really want and, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. being more effective in the communication. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely that's a whole another topic that hopefully, I mean, I don't think we're ready to have that discussion in terms of parenting because <laughs> neither of us are parents, but I think um, that's always been an area of interest for me, like effective parenting, because I feel like that's just, such a difficult task Mm -hmm. and actually I think by repeating what the other person is saying it makes it so that you can be more understanding of where they're coming from too so Mm -hmm. you're kind of by saying what they're saying you're kind of putting yourself in their shoes and uh, thinking what they're thinking Mm -hmm. so it could be an effective way of resolving conflict yeah I agree um Sometimes, like, when you say things out loud, too, like, Mm -hmm. it really, like, re-emphasizes the point. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, be attentive, be in the moment, 
Um, and you can show that through your body language. I mean, as we discussed earlier, like uh, bad body language can be a hot button. But good body language that shows like um, your listen, like your focus, your um, you're in the moment with them. I think can be really productive to a conversation. So making good eye contact. Don't don't be on your phone while you're talking to them. Like show them that you have your their full attention. Mm-hmm. And then also try your best to keep a calm, natural tone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just. Um, like things like leaning forward, smiling, that all helps to like put a person at ease. Yeah, I think all of what you just said are actually signs of what a person could do. But at the core of it, I think really it comes down to respect. If you really respect what the other person is saying, if you really want to resolve this issue, you wouldn't be looking on your, at your phone um, while you, you're in a conversation. You wouldn't be rolling your eyes. You wouldn't be dismissive about things. You would mm-hmm. try to stand in their sh- shoes and understand. Mm-hmm. And I think that w- when it comes to resolving conflict, at the core of it, you just need to be respectful of the other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the actions, uh, like I mentioned, rolling eyes is re- really counterproductive. It's not good. It's not nice. You know, not just at workplace, but in general, when you're yeah. working with, when when you're hang out with your friends also yeah definitely it's just sometimes I I feel like even though I know all of these things are like I see those things like eye rolling and um, scoffing I know that they're counterproductive and I shouldn't do those things but I feel like sometimes when you're so mad like 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 that behavior even though it's not um it's not something you typically want to convey, but I do feel like sometimes it slips out. But I think being able to catch yourself and tell yourself like, hey, that's that's not the right thing to do and try to um, control your behavior in that aspect, I think. Is, yeah, um, I think in, important. in a workplace, it's usually very unprofessional to get emotional. Mm-hmm. But I think there is also a really fine line because if you're really passionate about what you do, you would be very emotionally attached to the product that you're mm-hmm. creating or like uh, to emotional attached to the work that you do. And if somebody comes up and challenges you on your position, it's very hard. It's kind of like a paradox almost that if you're really good, you should be really emotionally attached. But if you're really emotionally attached, you might get really agitated really easily which will make you sound less professional, which would make you less good. So, yeah, so the, yes. there is a, it's a balance that you have to walk this really thin line. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, in my experience, I've definitely went through periods of, you know, I'm really emotionally attached to this product, but the product is moving on or it pivoted. And it's almost like a breakup process for me where I, when I look at the code, I'm like heartbroken and... Uh, I have to reestablish, rebuilding myself up uh, from the ground. And sometimes when I get emotionally attached, I would want to take responsibility of the the product. And if somebody challenges me on some of the product decisions that I make, I would get really defensive. And that's not professional. And making sure that you are thinking in terms of the benefits of the greater good, um, the greater team. 
the the fact that other people are challenging you is because they want to see that the product is doing better. So mm-hmm. um, being more understanding of where the other people are coming from, be more aware of your emotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I I I think that's really interesting. The point you mentioned in terms of you know like we're supposed to be very professional in the workplace and um, be and maintaining more or. Yeah, basically not get too worked up or emotional about anything. But if mm-hmm. you are passionate about your work, that happens. Mm-hmm. And especially when someone's challenging, like, your ideas that you have worked so hard um, to develop, I can mm-hmm. see where um, there be situations where definitely tensions will escalate. Yeah. Like, that brings me to uh, the next step is after uh, beyond having a respectable um, environment where you can discuss the problem. I think being able to effectively problem solve and negotiate during this conversation is really important to creating an outcome that is ideal for both parties. Mm-hmm. Um, so try to reframe the conflict. Maybe not like is if there's a way to look look to see if there's a way where you can turn the conflict to an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shift each other's perspective from what each other's initial goal was to an overarching goal that would benefit the both of you. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about the PRESTO process? Yeah, sure. The PRESTO process is an acronym for problem solving and negotiation and the different steps um, within that overarching process. So P is for prepare, um, R is for relate, E is for explore interests, S is for suggesting options, T is for tailoring the agreement, and O is for operationalizing. So let's start off with uh, the P for prepare. So before um, you go into this discussion um, to address a conflict, I think it's important to take some time to think about what you want to say and what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, And then R for relate, I think, um, ties to the idea that you should have, uh, or you should work to understand what the goals of the other person are Mm -hmm. um, and understand what their interest is. And that way it can allow you to see if there's any common points. For instance, Sasha, let's talk about us. <laughs> let's relate this back to us. So um, in starting this podcast, I originally wanted to go um, or to discuss more um, mental wellness issues. Mm-hmm. And Sasha, I think for you, um, you wanted to... Actually, can you remind me what your initial... So, yeah, I'm more interested in scientific facts. So Mm -hmm. I want to explore my understanding about the world. Mm -hmm. So it's so the mental wellness is more very limited subset of kind of uh, the broader topic that I want to talk about. So mental wellness is uh, about psychology and uh, I'm more I'm very interested in other fields of study and um, Where you're mostly coming from is you are more of a person who wants to share your personal story and you approach the podcast with 
a storytelling storytelling perspective. And uh, from my point, I approached the podcast from a very research-driven perspective. I'm very interested in knowing about facts. So mm-hmm. um, reading papers about like what people have studied, uh, discovered. Um, so we have different styles in conducting this podcast. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I, well... Okay, so one, I think, yes, um, mental wellness is a subset of, well, basically, I felt like you wanted to explore everything, Mm -hmm. um, all different types of issues. And so, obviously, mental wellness is one issue that um, falls within everything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I do think that mental wellness itself is not limited just to psychology. There's a spiritual component. um, and also like a physical component because I think our physical and mental selves are like intertwined with mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of different components um, that feed into um, having a healthy state of mental um, wellness, um, hence the word wellness. And then, so from there we decided to make a podcast about navigating life and that is really broad Um, (laughs) but I think the word navigating really gave us some direction Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 because it's about learning and being able to apply those learnings to how we approach life and I think that although it is broad um, it gives us a point of view to go off from and so in that case uh, I feel like neither of us really had to give up what we wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. It's um, really creating something that is inclusive of both of our ideas. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, although Sasha likes to um, share more facts, whereas I like to share more stories, I think that... Um, that having the combination of both things, it makes for a more compelling um, argument. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, I would say like cold facts themselves aren't the most interesting, but (laughs) a story without substance is also not as motivational. So I think being able to pair uh, fact and story is... um, so how does that how does this relate to the R here? R here represents relate, right? Yeah, so um understanding what you want out of the podcast mm-hmm. and how that relates to what I want, right? Um, so so finding common day, ground. To, yeah, yeah. So we want to uh use we want um to share our knowledge mm-hmm. and we want to use that to inspire people and we can do it through fact and storytelling. Mhm. All right, so that was, we went on a bit of a tangent there, but coming back to our E, which is um, explore interests. Um, I think that segues from relating, um, from understanding the other person, then understanding what they want out of this um, Mm -hmm. discussion. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, suggest options. So, after you understand where the other person's coming from, what they want out of the discussion, then both of you can start to brainstorm ways that you can bridge the gap between both of your needs. Mm-hmm. And then 
T for Taylor Agreement. Um, so start to narrow down the options mm-hmm. to what will work for both of you and what you both can agree on. Mm-hmm. From So yeah, just um, start with a brainstorming session and then from there fo- hone in on what you think will be the best solutions. Mm-hmm. And last one is O for Operationalize. So decide how you're going to put your solution into action. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Could I share yeah. wh- how I, I approached my conflict resolution? Sure. The way that I did it was bef- I had a conflict with one person um, on the separate team. So I first scheduled a meeting with them right away um, while the issue is still hot. And I sat down before the meeting to think about what I want to get out of the meeting. So even though it could be with a hint of a relational relationship problem with the other coworker, our common objective is for the greater good of the company. So what I want to get out of the meeting is mostly related to project goals, company goals, not really anything relationship-wise. So I think from that, I found common ground, um, which was for the greater good of the company. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote down a couple, a, li- a bullet list of items where I hope to accomplish. And when I go into the meeting, I make sure that I convey, I, I do whatever is necessary to make sure that I hit each one of the goals that I want to achieve from the meeting. And uh, if they propose something that I cannot do, and therefore we would resolve to find common ground and uh, find a compromise together. So that's my approach. Mm-hmm. Kind of just sitting down and thinking through the issues before the meeting and then going to the meeting, make sure you hit every, every goal that you want to accomplish and make sure that the goals are not too demanding of the other team. Be understanding yeah. of the situation. So I think in a sense you do follow the presto method in terms mm-hmm. of you know preparing, understanding what you want, what your goals are yeah. before going to the meeting, relating, seeing what the other team's um, agenda is, and how you can all rally among, um, around that common like common, uh, sorry, that common company mission, right? Yeah, oftentimes, though, I would walk into the meeting not knowing what the other team's objective is. So mm-hmm. so there is this process of understanding, oh, th- so this is why you make this decision, like getting more contextual uh, information yeah, about um, how they're making the decision process. Yeah, I think um, that relating phase should happen in your discussion. Like you should yeah. be aiming to learn more about the other party. Yeah, And also, I think by doing that and just asking questions makes the other far- party feel like um, they're being heard and that you care about um, their side of things as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I think that's, for me um, as well, that's one common tactic I use in meetings is all is trying to rally up uh, my cross-functional partners mm-hmm. um, around a common goal that will benefit the company as a whole. Yeah. I feel like um, this helps to ease a lot of disagreements we may have because at the end of the day, we want the company to do well. And if the company does well, that benefits all of us. Yes. Um, yeah. I think when it comes down to conflicts, it really 
is just respect and being authentic or honest about how you're feeling and mm-hmm. having an open conversation. So three keywords here: respect, authentic, open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are definitely.、Um, The like three key underlying principles for approaching、um, conflict,、mm-hmm. but I think also being able to understand like tools to help you in the process of、uh, managing your conflicts is, at least for me, is has been really helpful. So I would recommend that you all check out、um, <laughs> this. PDF、um, online. You can just Google "managing conflict with customers and coworkers" by Judith A. Cook and Carol A. Peterson.、Um, once again, they're、uh, professors at the University of Illinois at Chicago. So this PDF comes with worksheets where you can、um, score what your、um, conflict resolution style is, and as well as make a worksheet for you to prepare before going into.、Um, A discussion、uh, in terms of allowing you to kind of address what are the concrete issues, what are the relationship issues, and、um, what your interests are, what you think their interests might be, and like some options, so that way you just get yourself prepped for、um, the upcoming conversation, so you don't feel at a loss for words going into the discussion.、Um, some people. Are better than others at conflict resolution, and for me, I think it's probably a matter of、um, experience. So,、mm-hmm. for those who aren't as experienced, doing some additional prep work, I think, will be、um, beneficial.、Um, but yeah, just if you don't have the time to fill out all these、um, forms ahead of time before going into a negotiation or just.、Um, A discussion at the workplace. I think carrying what Sasha said in terms of going in with an open, respectful, and、um, sincere attitude will take you pretty far. Yeah, th- these are awesome advice. By the way, this concludes today's podcast about effectively dealing with conflicts at the workplace and beyond. We want to hear your thoughts. Feel free to email us at. Podcast.shitsandgiggles@gmail.com to share your insights with us on the topics that we discussed, or let us know if you would like us to discuss any other topics. Bye.